Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hi, you guys. Oh my goodness, I have a wonderful guest today, and we are going to get to her interview in just a second. I just want to start off by saying, don't you Dear fucking forget to subscribe, rate, and review this show. And if you want to go the extra mile, why not head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash spermcast, and subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, and like have access to all kinds of interesting, exclusive, real-time info, y'all. Right now, the Patreon's up to $656 a month and 211 subscribers, which is so awesome, but I want more. Do you understand me? Oh, and I've had a lot of requests for a Q&A episode, so send over any burning questions you have for me and Amanda, and we will answer them to the best of our ability on next week's episode. Maybe we'll do it over tea or over drinks, or maybe we'll do it soaking in our hot tub. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really need this, you guys. This is going to be great. You can email me your questions at spermcast at gmail.com, text or leave a voicemail at 323-741-1818, or DM me on Instagram or Twitter at spermcast. You know how it works, but know that I will probably forget to check Twitter. If you don't have any questions, but you do have opinions you're dying to share, go for it. Send me, send me your thoughts. I want to know what's up. Okay, now it's time for our magical, wonderful guest. Her name, no, I'm not, I'm going to save her name. Let me tell you a little bit about her, though. Back when I first started doing improv, she was one of those incredible performers that I would just sit in the audience and watch with awe. But she's not just an improviser, she's also an actor and a writer. She just finished writing for Tacoma FD. Her name is Ms. Carrie Clifford. Carrie, middle name, please. Well, if you're going to go there, then it's really Caroline Ooh. McKee Clifford. Oh, that's a gorgeous name. Right? Wow. But I've never been Caroline. Oh, it's pretty, though. Are you Mo- Is Molly your real first name? Maleficent. <laughs> no, it isn't. No. But sometimes Molly is... Molly can be short for Margaret. And yes. Can be sh- and then I used to sometimes tell people it was Melinda. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not a Melinda. But you're just Molly. I mean, not just. Molly's long for Mall. Right, right, right. Or Mo. (laughs) I was born Mo. Mo. But I go by Molly. (laughs) (laughs) So then I told Carrie that before we could get to her story, I had to tell her all about my latest news so that I could also tell my listeners and kill two birds with one stone. Here's the latest. So now you have these mosaics frozen and it's like TBD, what you're going to do? Except I got news yesterday. So I rebiopsied the embryos, or I had them rebiopsied, and um, 
the doctor called yesterday. The, there was two that were mosaic, and so they rebiopsied those. One of them came back normal. Wow. And the other one came back fully abnormal. Okay. So what the fuck is up with this? Right. So now I've got this one that's normal. Okay. You know, quote unquote normal. Right. And the the first biopsy showed it as low mosaic, meaning it was 33% abnormal. Okay. From the testing. From the original From the original. This, I talked to the genetic counselor this morning. That's what my meeting was. Oh. And here's the genetic counselor. Can you tell me the percentage of um, okay cells? Now, in this case, I'm looking at the data. I don't see any, uh, there's no notation by the software that, that there were any cells that had any antibody. Just to make sure I am clear, of the rebiopsy on number two, we don't see mm-hmm. any uh, aneuploid cells. Nope, I'm looking at the data. It's a straight line. There's no blips, which like... And usually, it, it if there's like any there... Usually they would that's have what, a percentage there. See. You would see a dip. We don't. I don't see any dip. Oh, and I see. Also, the visual. You can look at it visually. You know mm-hmm. yourself, but then the software also is the one that goes in and detects anything. And so there's no notations okay. uh, of any antibody detected on this embryo. I see. Now, when you're talking about doing a biopsy on an embryo at this stage, you're looking at the cells, which will become the placenta. There again, given that it's a very low number, there's a chance, a much higher chance now that this happened after the separation of the embryo, those cells that will become the embryo and the cells which will become the placenta. And so it's more likely that these are abnormal cells are segregated within the placental cells and don't impact the embryonic cells, which could mean that the embryo is normal and that only the placenta is exhibiting these cells right. have the uh, antibody. And it's a segmental antibody, not a whole chromosome antibody, which you would uh, expect would be much less likely to negatively impact the growth of placental cells. Now, this is just a very short clip of my conversation with the genetic counselor. And of course, if you want to hear the rest of it, it is available on the Patreon at the $5 level. <laughs> okay, I hate asking for money. Patreon.com forward slash spermcast. That's amazing, right? It is amazing. But also, there's still like, it's, there's no, there's still a risk. Because right. we know that it's not fully normal because it, there was this patch that they biopsied from that it was not great. Right. Um, but this is, it's great news. Yeah. Would you do another extraction or do you think you're just going to like go with this and see what happens? Well, I think if I was a rich person, I'd yeah. probably do another extraction. Well, my plan was until... I mean, it's it still may be. I have I have um, sixteen frozen eggs from when I was thirty seven, and I I know she's looking at me like, "What's your problem?" <laughs> and I think that's what my listeners think all the time. Oh, because Carrie, what I want to have a baby with my love, and I don't have a love, and I right, I, and I and I'm I've been holding out hope that my man will show up one day. But you have sixteen. You can yes, still, you but can. There, there. I met somebody the other day who's who had sixteen frozen eggs and none of them worked. I know. And so I, and then if you do, if I do the process on eight or sixteen, it's the same price. So I'm still going to be spending thirteen thousand dollars to. Well, the process meaning thawing and making embryos, testing, transfer. Right. 
I don't know. I think you should take some well, of those and add them to your um, mosaic and do it and see what happens. Oh, at the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a I, new idea that I didn't think of today. Well, that's kind of what we did. And I think that... Well, don't tell I know, me what you did. I know, but I think they will help each other. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you guys. At this point, I don't know what Carrie's story is. All I know is that she has a child. And I didn't want her to spoil the whole story. Basically, those 16 eggs are at this very, very, very expensive place I went to a few years ago. That was like top of the line. They keep getting more expensive. Right. You have to pay every year. It's $800 to store my eggs every year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a consultation with them today that's $475. For the consultation. Even though I've already been a patient there. And I'm going to talk to them about my eggs and see what their process looks like and what the timeline would be if I was to use any of my eggs. Yeah. But I feel like even though there are some risks still involved with the mosaic, I feel like that's the thing that I want to do right now. Is transfer the mosaic. Yeah. But I'll have done, if it doesn't take, you know, then it doesn't take. Right. And I've had my consultation. I can get some blood tests done today or whatever they want to do. And I, I can be ready for that in a month when I, you know, because my period should be starting any day now, and then I could potentially do a transfer in two weeks. Yeah. And then... and But the eggs, the 16 eggs are just eggs. They're just eggs. Embryos. And the, okay. the reason they're not... So eggs are not as viable as embryos right. because they've got each... They're just single cell things, and right. they're filled with water. Right. And so when you freeze them and thaw them, they don't always survive the thaw. Right. So, Yeah. So that's a lot, but it seems like more optimistic than you felt like maybe a week ago. Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've been really down in the dumps actually and, but been feeling a little bit better, but then it got bad again on Tuesday, but I'm back, baby. I'm back. (laughs) Got back. Anyway, listeners, that's the update now. But that seems good. It's good. But I, here's what I want to ask everybody that's listening. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at the mic. Mm Mm-hmm. The potential things that could go wrong are, it doesn't implant, I'm easy, that's, I mean, it's not easy, but I've been through it. Right, you've done that, yeah. Miscarriage. You've done it. Done it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, done it, I can do it, I can do it a million times, I'm a pro. Yeah. (laughs) You bleed like no one's business. (laughs) The, The scary, scary, scary part is that if, um... If I don't have a miscarriage and I get to 14, 15, 16 weeks and I have an amniocentesis and it's found that this uh, embryo, now fetus, is uh, genetically abnormal, then I have a huge, hard, terrible Mm -hmm. decision to make. And because of that, I am not going to be as public as I Mm -hmm. usually am. I won't be posting things about it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm... It's so listeners, you are my friends. I don't want this to be shared with strangers. Right. I mean, you're you're not strangers to me. <laughs> right. I know it seems creepy and weird, but I I just feel like you all know me better than most of my friends and acquaintances out there in the world and um my yeah. So they don't post public things about, you know, if I do become pregnant or right. anything like that. It's just it's scary and uh yeah. Yeah. Usually I, usually I tell everyone everything, but well, maybe my mind will change in a day or two. Yeah. 
But right now, I don't want to be excited. I don't, right. I just want to like, this is not a negative thing. And that's all I can say right now. Totally. I think that's awesome. I was so like superstitious and scared the whole time. Most people found out we had a baby when I posted it on I, that's. This is why I don't know anything about right. your journey. Because I kept it very, yeah. The okay. opposite of you. I did so, not do a podcast. So. <laughs> no judgment. It's just not me. And I'm not, I'm like so like bad about talking about everything. But there are things I do want to talk about because I didn't know anyone with a similar experience okay, when so, I was going through it. Yeah. It you know? must have been awful. Well, but you know, it's like you've found like camaraderie for people that have gone through things or whatever. It's like yeah. nice to know, you know, and I didn't feel like I had anyone to reach out to. Also, that was a few years ago. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Well, this is. Well, I don't know anything about your story, and I, I guess I could have snuck around and asked people to give me some No, hot, I keep it very, details. and I'm going to still, like, not reveal everything, but I'll, uh, I, will, <laughs> I will tell you most yes, of it. you will. I know. You have to. You signed the contract. I know. I know I did, and that guy's at the door. <laughs> <laughs> you, we should start by saying you have a child. I have a child. He's six. He's six. Yeah. H- happy, healthy child. Amazing. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yep. Let's start from the beginning. Well, okay. The beginning is what I have a hard time talking about, but I've had like lots of health challenges in okay. my life. And that's mm-hmm. just sort of like my thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has a thing and that's like my thing. <laughs> yeah. Some people, you know, you know they like fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at negotiating health challenges. <laughs> so anyway, so I have had a lot of health challenges and I think it was like... Well, I know 2009, 2010 were bad years for me Mm. health-wise, right? And I think prior to this, unrelated to the health stuff, I was working on a movie and and a friend of mine who was in the movie during the filming of the movie got ovarian cancer and she froze eggs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you can do that. Like I didn't Mm. even, because she wanted to do that before she went through the treatment Mm -hmm. to like have those eggs or whatever. And... I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't know that. This is probably like 2008, 2009. Yeah. And I early people. Yeah. yeah. I, and she was young. She was like 25. So then like, I don't know, cut to like a year later and I was supposed to go on a medicine that they didn't know anything about the, for, like the effects of fertility. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh. I'm going to freeze some eggs because if you can't tell me anything about this. And at this point, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like late 30s, Mm -hmm. I think. So I did two rounds of IVF and froze five embryos, I think. Oh, yeah, because you were already with Paul. Because I was married. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Yeah. So I froze five embryos, went on this medicine, whatever. And the thing about going on medicine for any kind of... um, any kind of illness or whatever, of course they don't know about fertility because what woman is going to be like, yeah, let me go on this medicine and see if my baby's okay. Like, so a lot of it is like, could have been fine, but I didn't want to take that risk. Right. And then I kind of realized that stuff that it was like, I was doing crazy stuff to myself and I was just like on feeding tubes. I was like, like lots of like, lots of stuff, lots of crazy drugs that, I was okay doing to myself, but I didn't know what I would do with faced with the challenge of having to do some of those things with a baby inside of me. Right. That I was like, I can take the risk for myself and my own health or whatever, but if I was carrying a baby, what would I do? Uh-huh. It was hard for me to stay healthy for nine months and uh, you know, it was just whatever. So then I was like, you know what? Let's look into surrogacy. Okay. And let's look into adoption. It was okay. kind of like both. Mm-hmm. So... 
Paul wasn't as into the adoption. I think he was really into his DNA being um, <laughs> so sick. <laughs> so we, um, I don't know what year this was, but we, uh, those, I had those five embryos, very confident. Right. We, like met with the, uh, like a surrogacy agency. And like, again, oh, this is, this is what I was saying before. It's like, I didn't know anyone who had done this. So I didn't know. I didn't know where to go. Yeah. I had read that Elton John went to this one, like, agency. So I'm like, oh, great. Well, it's good enough for him. So, like, we'll go there. But I knew of gay men doing Mm -hmm. it, but I didn't know any straight women who would have carried a baby. It's a very different emotional thing. Like, that's just something, like, I thought I was going to do and then not being able to do that. And then there's aspects of like feeling judged from other people, Mm -hmm. judgment from other people where they might think, oh, she's, she doesn't want to get fat. Yeah, totally. She's not as much of a woman or whatever, just fearing that judgment. So we had my, I was cocky with my five embryos and I remember like meeting with this agency and they were like, well, what are you going to do if those five don't work? I'm like, there's five. They're going to work. Like, what are you talking about? Surrogate you know? C agency? Yes. Gotcha. Oh, and I should just say, when I did those two rounds of IVF, or maybe it was later, I've done so much IVF, I don't know. But oh, my it, what, gosh. But, it, but you know, I mean, and at that point, we were at this Beverly Hills clinic that was terrible, and I've literally, like, called people to tell them not to go there. But I ran into my agent there. Oh, my goodness. It was just a terrible, like... <laughs> and I feel like it was the place that everyone went to and like a lot of people had success, but I did not. I felt like they robbed me of my money and soul. Oh. But um, And your embryos. And my embryos, yeah. So anyway, we went to this agency and um, how it works with surrogacy. So the process is like, like it's like a dating thing, but the surrogate gets <laughs> to choose the intended parents. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? You can't like, just you choose would the think surrogate. that you would choose the surrogate, right. but they actually choose you. So it's wow. similar to the adoption process that you kind of make like a, I don't know, like you a have book to... that they would look through. Yeah. So they're picking you. Wow. So, and there's often things that are like, that can be like roadblocks, like religion or um, financial stuff or being a single woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so they sort of choose like, I don't. It's weird because you'd think it would be the other way around because you're hiring them. It's whereas well, like adoption. But then can you do you get multiple surrogates saying they're in and and then you can have some choice or sometimes. Mm. But it's also like I I was a little bit restrictive in that I wanted someone locally. I wanted someone that I could drive mm-hmm. to the appointments. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in state and with health insurance. Mm-hmm. So they had to have a job that provided health insurance and mm. be like, I forget what radius I said, like a two hour drive or something, because I yeah. wanted to be able to go to all the appointments. I wanted to feel like as connected as possible versus right. like having someone in Texas and then maybe I right. met them once or whatever. And the insurance thing is because their insurance would pay for it. Otherwise, uh-huh. you'd have to be paying for yeah, all I think of their then, medical stuff. I think then you have to buy an insurance plan for them. I mean, if, mm. of course, I had to pay for a lot, but if they had... Health insurance, then just like if you were delivering a baby, mm-hmm. your health insurance pay, health insurance did not pay for the transfer and whatever, but just paid for like... Once they're pregnant. Once they're pregnant. Yeah. Exactly. So it was just like a little bit of a lot. Prenatal no, care. In no way a bargain. But it just, mm. to me, it was like, <laughs> then they also had a job. They had other things. I didn't want this right. to be their life. Yeah. Also surrogates, if you go through an agency, they have to have their own child. 
Right, 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 right. You know, so, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so I was never worried about that, like someone like taking my child or whatever, you know. Right. Okay. So you were waiting around for somebody to pick you. <laughs> right. But it's also the timing thing too, right? Like mm-hmm. just how you're like, like, don't you just see the year as like this calendar? You're like, if I don't do it next month, then mm-hmm. da da da, and then it's going to be three years, whatever. I mean, I just don't want a Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That was one of my major things. <laughs> no, but so it's also like, who's available? What? What circuit's available? <laughs> like, you're right, right, right. You right, know, right. because it's hard to be like, Oh, like they might say like, oh, there's this amazing person, but she can't do it till April. And you're like, well, I want to do it tomorrow. Right, right, right. So he's available tomorrow. So we got matched with this lovely woman. And this is not the positive part of the story. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, and this is also the thing, you know, trauma, you um, omit details or you just block stuff out. Yes. So I will not remember a lot. So anyways, (laughs) we use this wonderful. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. okay. um, We use this wonderful woman. And this is, this is one story that I just think is so interesting in the process. We went out to dinner with her and her husband and they bought us dinner. Oh, interesting. And I was like, wait, you're helping us. You're helping us with this dream that we've wanted. Like, we should be buying you dinner. And they felt the opposite. They're like, we've been wanting to do this. We want to give someone a child. It was like, I could not get into that mindset of how, like, lovely they were. I know it's just dinner, but it was still just like, wait, I thought we were, like, courting you, sort of, you know, whatever. Anyway, so we tried once. It didn't work. And then we tried again, and it didn't work. They did two embryos the first time? And then three. Oh, mama. And so it didn't work. And so that was all five. That was all five. So then I was like, eh. Yeah. And so this was also before all the genetic testing, right? right? So they were just the embryos, so they didn't know. And then it was like, it was a really terrible situation with the um, fertility doctor. And like, he didn't call me to tell me this. Yeah. And then eventually, like the surrogate. So who? The, like the surrogate eventually called. And to tell you the transfer didn't work? She called the doctor to find out, like, what's going on. And the doctor basically was like, listen, it's not going to work for her. So I would back out to the surrogate. Oh, my God. But didn't tell me this. And then the surrogate then told me this, you know. And I remember I was, like, going to an audition at 200 South. And I was just, like, bawling in the car. Because I was so obviously mad that it didn't work. But so mad at the friggin' doctor. Can I swear, by the way? Yes, please. Okay. But I didn't understand what you just said. I said friggin' instead of fucking. <laughs> but the fucking doctor. And it just made me see, like, oh, this is a fucking business. Yeah. You do not fucking care. You gave me the same protocol as the girl who came in after mm-hmm. me. You do not give a shit about any of this. So the surrogate back you know she's like i'm sorry i've I've tried twice and the doctor says it's not going to work for you and blah 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 and so i'm like okay this was um how many years after you froze the embryos a couple years or is it like right after probably like a year maybe again fuzzy timeline because i block it out please and so then eventually i was like okay we're gonna adopt right and so I was like, okay, before I do that, I just want another opinion and I just want someone to tell me it's not in the cards for you. So your doctor straight up said it's not going to work for you. Told the surrogate But he never that. said, he or she never said no, that to No, I you. think I eventually did have a phone call and he was like, he didn't say that to me because he mm. would have loved my money so right. I could do it again. Right. Then I got a recommendation of a, can I use doctor's names? It's up to you. I, I think it's okay. What do you think? 
I'm going to use the name of the positive doctor because right. I've sent a lot of people there and we've even talked about her. You were, oh. Dr. Beck. Oh. Yeah. That's, you're at CFP. <laughs> I, wa- I was, yeah. So that's, that's where I'm going after this conversation okay. we're having right now. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> I went, so I don't even know who recommended me to her. I probably it, did. <laughs> no, because yeah. this is before your journey. But I've I've sent so many people to her who have successfully no, no, had I'm, babies. No, no, I'm responsible for all positive <laughs> things that happen with people. So I went to Dr. Beck and I was literally like wanting her just to be like, I'm sorry, it's not in the cards for you. And then I was going to go and finish my adoption application, Mm -hmm. you know? So then she looked through the record and she was like, oh, they did this, this, and this. Like, she felt like they overcooked Mm -hmm. the eggs and she just, like, found all these flaws. Mm -hmm. Um, And she did it in a very kind way where she totally wasn't outing the other facility that I think is the worst place on the planet. Mm -hmm. But she had, like, insight and optimism and... You know, and I'm like, okay, let's try this. You know, she's also really like really, really smart. So smart. I interviewed three different doctors before I picked her when I froze my eggs. One guy was like, yeah, we could start, start, start this cycle, blah, blah, blah. Like he was just ready to go take my money. And I was in a rush. You know, I was like, I'm about to be 37. Right. And I met with her and she's like, a month or two isn't gonna, isn't gonna hurt you. I think we should work on your egg quality, do some acupuncture, Mm -hmm. take CoQ10, whatever. Like she was like, let's relax. Mm -hmm. You're going to be okay. Like I've sent friends to her who one friend, she was like, Oh, you know, you had appendicitis when you were a teenager. I don't feel like they fully treated it. And so she put her on like a round of antibiotics now, like 20 years later or whatever to like, eradicate that and then she was able to get pregnant like she's done crazy things to people who just were overlooked and it it felt to me like oh it's not a factory the other place was a total factory this was like more personalized care which hopefully you felt too i don't have any negative feelings about them except for the fact that they cost so much money but is it that i don't think it was any more than the other place i was going it's a lot more than the place i'm going to now got it okay that's all I can say about it. Also, this was 2012. Right. So maybe, I mean, I don't, I, I'm in no way saying like, oh, it was like, it was camera. It was like, it's totally cheap. But it didn't seem any more expensive than the other place, which is yeah. also Beverly Hills. Yeah. Whatever. So we did it again. We did, I, I don't remember how many rounds we did because that, again, I block it out. So did you do one round and then do an, a transfer or, or did you just do retrieval, 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 and then try some transfers? Yeah. Retrieval, retrieval, retrieval. And at this point, I don't have another surrogate. Right. Right. And I don't remember the exact like chain of events or whatever. And but, but, I, but each round you're getting maybe a, an embryo or two or three? Yeah. Okay. And freezing. And, and then her idea to ultimately was to do a um, combination of fresh and frozen. At that point, uh-huh. she thought that that's what would be the thing. Uh-huh. So we got another surrogate who I love. Oh, my gosh. And um, again, it's like the dating thing. Like, uh-huh. it's so weird. It's so oh. weird. You're like talking on the phone like, this is so weird. Like, what are... And then we finally met, you know, and there's like a therapist... So also just like, so I, I did like so many rounds of IVF, but I never did it to myself. Yeah, you like never I did a transfer. Did, I never did, did, the, did the, the egg retrieval. Yeah, so I've done all the drugs and all the crazy shit, you know, but not the transfer. So then, And you didn't have anybody to talk to about it at the time. And I didn't time. have anyone to talk to about it. 
Yeah. So then on Christmas Eve... How was your improv affected? (laughs) I think it was my saving grace because it was like escapism. And I was just like... you didn't get less funny or anything. I mean, who knows? (laughs) But I do remember, I mean, you know, with the IVF stuff, it's like you have to do that shot at like, you know, nine o'clock at night. or I mean, I remember being in so many situations. Was that like a party or something? I had to go in the bathroom to do the shot at the Mm -hmm. right time, right? It's like such a crazy... Yeah, I had to do it in the car once. Yeah, yeah. You're just (laughs) like, okay, it's that time when I'm in every hour before. So it's kind of like a courting thing. And we would like go to these appointments together. And then finally they did the transfer on Christmas Eve of 2012. Uh And the doctor calls us in the morning, not Dr. Beck, another doctor, because she couldn't do it. Uh And he calls us in the morning. He's like, I just want you guys to know what we've decided to do is we're going to transfer six embryos. (gasps) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And so, oh my God, they had to get everyone in the office to sign off on it because this was like a little bit after Octomom. And they were just thinking that like, because of your history, that your eggs were not happy and or healthy. Yep. And that they would help each other. Like Mm -hmm. they, that was just kind of her science was like, they're not all. And again, this was no genetic testing. Right. So she didn't know. Right. But she's like, well, maybe they didn't have they they could look at the quality on day three and see how many cells that had uh, divided. So maybe there was maybe there were some immature ones and they were like, well, we'll just throw these into the mix and see if they can grow. Yeah. But they might not. Yeah. So she just felt like they're going to help. They're going to help one another. And I kind of liked that. Like it's a team, you know, but Lily, the surrogate, didn't know this. (gasps) Holy shit. So we get there like super early. She was and is a single mom. She brought her sister. And we're like in that little room or whatever. They're going to transfer six. (laughs) (laughs) And like we just had to make a joke about it. We're like, okay, you raise three, I'll raise three. It's going to be fine. I mean, it was like this poor woman. Yeah. And they're like, they're like promising her, like, there's no way it's yes. going to be. And, you know, when you do the whole surrogate thing, you have to sort of agree on any situation prior, like she would agree to carrying multiples, or if you decide to eliminate, like, you've sort Could of... Could she have said, I will not carry more than two, so if there are more, then she would have to... But we would have agreed to that before, right. but I... And the agreement must have just been... Like, we're both on board with multiples. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as specific as, like, <laughs> six. I'll carry three, but I, no way I'm doing four. Well, and I that's mean, such a hard thing. Like, then which one do you eliminate? So you've kind right. of already worked all this out on the contract. To be honest, I don't even know what our agreement was in terms of el- elimination. Because yeah. if you get into a situation where it was like, you know, would you eliminate one? I, ca- I honestly, I no, can't I remember. Mean, you don't even have to. I can't remember because it was so terrible. But I know we... And we had to be on both sides. And that's another thing with the matching of a surrogate. They have to come from the same. A lot are very religious and they don't want to eliminate any. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, and so, again, can't remember what our agreement was. But so she was 
amazing. I mean, imagine laying there and they're like, they're going to put six. So <laughs> sorry. And like, that's when it is like, she's hired help. Like, it's terrible when you think about it that like, and she doesn't get, she, do you, do people get more? I think they do get more money for carrying for twins. They do. More. They mm. do. Yeah. Anyway. So the transfer was amazing. And that was the first time we met her sister and she was lovely. And mm. like, there's a lot of laughs and a lot of, I mean, how can you, what else can you do? You're having six babies put in. Here. You have to laugh. <laughs> I mean, eventually we found out that it worked and there was twins. <gasps> there was two. So we were so excited and this is going to be instant family, whatever. And I think, I think at around three months, there was one. Okay. So that was a little hard. Ultrasound. Like you found out from an ultrasound. Yeah. Not from bleeding. Right. And it was like still there. And it was still like it her doctor back being like, he's still helping, you know. Oh, she's so sweet. You know, and but I kind of saw that too. I was like, I think that's why Ford's such a wonderful person. He had like six, six guys helping him or five <laughs> helping him. And one like stayed for a while, yeah. helped him. And then, you know, so then we we're down to one. And so how does one miscarry one baby and not the other? Do you know? I don't, I don't know if it was even miscarried. It just kind of like. Well, I don't. I think it has to go somewhere. Like, I think you're going to have spotting, or at least. I but don't maybe know. Not. I don't remember something that at I'll all. I'll have to look up. Well, sometimes there are symptoms of miscarriage, like mild cramping, vaginal bleeding, and pelvic pain. But most often, during a first trimester loss, the tissue of the miscarried twin is usually reabsorbed by the mother. This phenomenon is called vanishing twin syndrome, and it occurs in about 20 to 30% of multiple pregnancies, oftentimes before people even know they had twins to begin with. But it didn't seem traumatic for her. It was traumatic for me because it was like, you know, you I was were excited to have two. And I was doing things like, you know, the bedroom was really small. I'm like, how do we fit in two cribs? And I was like, yeah. you know, going to Pinterest and like figuring out, yeah. you know. So that part was kind of like, but then you still are like, this has been a fucking long journey. We're just happy to have the one. And, yeah. you know, oh, just other surrogacy things that like I didn't know. Like you go to her doctor. Oh, oh, for her prenatal, her OB. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. It totally makes sense. But like, I didn't think that. Right. I just assumed like my child would be born at Cedars. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So where was her place? It, her doctor was in Ontario and Ford was born in Pomona. Oh, okay. So, inland. Inland. It's an in, he's an inland empire totally. baby. Yeah. Her doctor who had delivered her daughter and who was lovely, but he was very skeptical of us. Oh. And he was like, but I totally get it. He was like, she's my patient. Right. So my correspondence is with her. Mm -hmm. If you have a question, you don't call me and, and say like, right. Yeah. This thing. The whole experience is such a weird thing, especially if you're a control freak. Are you? Well, right. Kinda. I would be very controlling about if I was pregnant and what I was putting in my body right. and what I was doing. Yeah. And you have no control over that. Yeah. And you're just very trusting, you know. And at the very beginning, I remember talking to her and I was like, listen, if I was pregnant, I would totally be trying to eat broccoli and walking. But I would definitely have milkshakes and french fries, too, you know, because I just didn't want. And they said that I remember this one social worker was like, listen, if you want her to clean with green product, that is fine. But you have to su supply the green products. If I bought green, how do I know she's using green products mm -hmm. in her house? Yeah. If you want her to eat organic, you can buy her the organic. How do you know? You're not, you don't have a camera on yeah, that. It's yeah. like very, 
you just have to like trust and, and let go and let go. And mm-hmm. it was so hard. Yeah. I did trust her. She was very like, she was very into running and she was like, mostly she was just like a happy, lovely person, which yeah. really is probably more important than organic eating. Yeah. Right. I think so. Yeah. But it was like a hard thing. Yeah. Like you're trusting someone with like the most important thing in your yeah. life. I'm, I'm, I'm a control freak. I, yeah. That would be really hard for me. It's really hard. But it was a great exercise in that. You yeah. Know? Because you can't control what happens once the baby's born either. Anyway, exactly. Exactly. Okay, some other things that I yes. liked or didn't like. Yes. The whole system, I felt like was very geared towards the surrogate, which in many ways is great. They would go to a support group. She would tell me lots of stories. There was no support group for me. Oh, because there's an agency and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and so they would... So my other surrogate that I spoke with, she uh, it was a private situation. Um, Got so it. So she okay. didn't have a surrogate uh, surrogacy agency. They had a support group, so they would go every month for a support group, and then mm. she would call me afterwards with, like, hilarious stories. Like, um, <laughs> like <laughs> there was one girl we called the Spring Breaker. She was, like, real, I, I never met these people, <laughs> but she was really young, and at one meeting she was like, um, is it okay? on spring break like (laughs) and so she and then she would tell me horrible stories because people would come back and uh tell their birth story yeah and like there was one story where and this stuck with me to the birth oh yeah because i've tell you about the birth oh my gosh right um but uh there was a surrogate and the family came in and you know after the baby was born the family just like went with the baby and she oh she had a c-section i think and she's lying there and she just goes, you're welcome. Oh, my God. No one was around her. No one gave a shit about her. She had just given birth to their baby, and no one was with her. And I'm like... Oh, my God. Because I was so worried, like, am I doing a good job? I don't know what this relationship is It sounds like you guys like. had a good relationship. We did, but I didn't have anything to compare it to either. Right. And so then she would tell me these stories, and I'm like, oh, I'm nailing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> because people, I think it's just... It's a really interesting relationship, and some people really make it very, like... Black and white, so there's no confusion. Yeah, or just that, like, this is the hired person, and they're Uh. doing this service for me, and da-da-da. And I was the opposite. I was like, I wish that I was healthy enough to carry this baby, so I want to feel as connected to this process. And so I went to every doctor appointment, every ultrasound, every... You know, then they embraced us into their family. They invited us to every family birthday party. Oh, so sweet. You know, and so it was like a wonderful thing. I don't know what other people's, yeah. you know, but that was important for me because I didn't just want it to be like some yeah. person who's providing a service, you know. But I wondered if you had a surrogate back then mm-hmm. when you had a baby because I was like, I feel like I saw her not long ago. Mm-hmm. And she didn't look pregnant, I wonder. And it was just, for whatever reason, I just kept it very, I think because we had lost the twin, Mm -hmm. and then I was just like, I'm going to believe it when I see it. Right. Like, I don't know what, and I people were, I obviously told some people, but people were weird and asked weird questions and like I I invite people getting into my business and sometimes I'm I regret it but I'm okay with it and I figure I might as well take one for the team because people should know about it and I'm not that weird about it you know well and that's how I kind of feel now that it's like I do want to tell like answer questions but like I also think people would ask ignorant questions because they didn't know you know and I mean most things were like people worried like aren't you worried she's gonna keep your baby I'm like trust me she doesn't want my baby (laughs) and then you know and then um also just about the confusion of like so is it like people just pick so is the baby gonna look like her right you know (laughs) and like 
But Whatever. the more we do talk about it, the exactly. less people will ask these dumb questions. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So speaking of you being involved in the um, pregnancy, oh, yeah. what was the yeah labor like? So what happened? Well, okay. Well, first, like, so I told you. She, she, also, what was the plan? Uh, the plan was like she would call. Uh-huh. So the hospital was going to be her hospital, mm-hmm. Pomona. And like we went like everyone would do and go. We went on a tour of the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, and she had a cousin who was a nurse there. That was so lucky because they had never dealt with a surrogacy oh. situation and they didn't know what to do with us. And I didn't know what to do with us. Like, do we stay there? Do we stay at a hotel? Right. But that's our baby. What if the baby has something and has to go to the NICU? Like, because the baby's really yeah. born to, like, it's the surrogate's last name on the baby. Oh. Initially. This is crazy. Right? Yeah. It's weird. And they had never dealt with this before. So yeah. there was like no real protocol. But so, so we did the tour of the hospital, but like with like the three of us, it was so, so weird. Paul and I went to classes at Cedars, like the birthing classes, mm-hmm. but I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> and that's like, so you're in a room full of pregnant women. Yes. <laughs> But I still need needed to know how to swaddle the baby. Right. But those were things where it's like the surrogacy agencies should provide stuff yes, like this should. for the intended parents. Yeah. So we don't look like total idiots. Yeah. And it was like the class, I think it was like a little bit about how you help the mom when she's going to give birth or whatever. And we're just like, okay. But then it was also like swaddling and CPR. And yes. Whatever. Yes. It was very uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. But. Oh, my God. Okay. So the birth. I won't tell you like the whole thing, but uh, so Labor Day, she invited us to like her family's big uh, Labor Day party. Mm -hmm. So we went to that. And like at the end of the day, at the end of the party, she was like on the couch. And that's like really hard to see too. Like someone like in pain, like she wasn't in pain, but she was just like needed to lie down. And it's like, they're doing this service for you. I mean, that was hard to watch. The next day we had a doctor's appointment and the doctor was like, I'm going to induce on Friday. This so this is Tuesday. Mm. And he was going to induce on Friday. And Lily and I both loved that because she was still working. She's like, I can wrap up stuff at work. I'm like, I can get stuff done. Like you kind of knew like the baby's coming on Friday. Right, it's great. Right, right. So then Tuesday night at like two in the morning, she calls and she's like, my water broke. Oh my God. And Paul and I were just like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we, you know, and it was just like out of a movie. But so we drove, I had gotten fast pass because my fear was like, right. it was Pomona. My fear was like, we're going to be in like LA yes. traffic and we can't get there for the baby. But it was like two in the morning. So we were fine. And we got there and like, she was a champ and we were there. We were respectful and stayed at the head mm-hmm. and her sister was in the room and we were like, at one point, I think they were like, oh, it's going to be a while, you know, and we're like, okay, we went to like get everyone food. Mm-hmm. And then they came and ran after and they're like, no, she's she's going to go now. We're like, okay. Oh my God. And then the story that I told you about the surrogate who was just lying there by herself. Yeah. So I was so conscious of that. Yes. So I stayed with her. Yes. And because also when you deliver, you deliver the baby and then you deliver the placenta. Right. You know, so it was like, she had a lot of stuff to do. Right. And so... Like, I did see Ford when he was born, but then it was like, I think Paul maybe went over there with Ford. And then I have a weird question. Yes, please. Whose arms does the baby go into first? Um, mine. I, w- I, think, I think we let Lily hold her. That's a really good question who we did first. She might've, he might have gone on Lily first. And then um, eventually, like, I took off my shirt, like, skin to skin is mm-hmm. a big thing or whatever, and Paul did too. 
But she definitely held him because also she had agreed to pump. Gotcha. Cool. So that, I think you need that to stimulate. Right. Whatever. Yeah, the mommy hormones. We were like, oh, this is like, we're all doing this together. Like, right. we were in no way like, give me the baby and go. But that, I think, right. so I think he may have laid on her chest first and then mine. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Oh, are you saying that, like, did did the ba- did he breastfeed before? No. The- okay, so it's just sort of like a, yeah, I just never thought about, does the milk come down if the baby doesn't breastfeed? I guess with the pumping, it just mimics it. Well, that was, we had some issues with that. Uh-huh. So so basically he came and he was happy and healthy and fine and she was fine. And then like her entire family came. So it was like just me and Paul and like her entire family. It was, but it was awesome. Yeah. She has two sisters and they each had two kids. Uh-huh. So they were all there. Everyone held him. I swear that's why he's social because yeah. he just was like, had all this love yeah. and, you know. And, but this, this is a weird, so she had agreed to pump. I was also like, if it doesn't work, fine, you know, but the hospital just thought that, that they were going to give him the milk, milk from her Mm -hmm. and it wasn't coming in. So they didn't feed him because they thought that they weren't prepared with a, they thought I didn't want formula. I never said I didn't want formula. Mm -hmm. I was just going to supplement it with any breast milk that we could get. So he literally was starving. (gasps) And then this is also gross and weird. So you know the stuff that comes out in the beginning, the colostrum, colostrum yeah. and they say it's like liquid gold and you need it. <laughs> right. So they ended up giving us a room. So she had a room and then we had a room with Ford. Initially, I think when she was still on the table, she like squeezed out some of the colostrum and they put it on a plastic for a plastic spoon from the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> and fed him with it. And then it was like she would try and get as much, and Paul would run back between her room and our room with like the spoon. With the spoon. Oh my god! It was so like I don't know what other people again. Never talked to anyone. I don't think you know. Last week, my guest, she's a spiritual fertility advisor, and it was one of the things she said to me that was really cool was that that all of the solo, she calls them sovereign moms, sovereign mothers, single ladies, whatever. She says that we're pioneers and we're on the frontier and the industry's not really prepared to take care of us or whatever. You, when you were doing this, you, you were on the frontier. Maybe. You're a pioneer. She was, yeah. But, I think you were. Like, you said that hospital had never had yeah, anybody like you before. They hadn't. But also, this is another part of the system. I feel like the agency failed us. Right. Because they were actually supposed to send a social worker so that there would be... Because that's when you might have issues, right? Like, what if right. she has postpartum? What if she decides... I don't know. Like, that's where you sort of need a mediator. Yeah. And they never showed. Right. So then it became kind of, I forget what the name, woman's name was. I think it was like Elaine or something. So like Lily would be like lying there and she'd be like, Elaine, by the way, we had the baby. You know, like, because no one was helping us. So yes, in a way, it's it was set up, but it is still such a business in many ways. Yeah. And they didn't follow through and yeah. they didn't do their job. Thank God Lily and I had the relationship that we had because we didn't need anyone. But I can imagine some people would need like yeah. help, you know, or to orchestrate that. Like, how are you supposed to get the classroom? Oh, on a spoon from the cafeteria? Okay. <laughs> like, that can't be how you do it. Oh, my God. Whatever. So then it ended up they were starving him. And then I was like, no, 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 you can give him formula. So we gave him formula. And then um, the breast milk wasn't coming in and I was like you know what 
It's fine. Yeah. We don't need that. Yeah. And then literally like five days later, she called and she's like, oh, the milk is in. <laughs> so then it was like three months of we'd go back and forth. And frozen. She'd freeze it. I'd go to pick it up or she'd come drop it off. And it was so lovely because Ford got to spend a lot of time with her. Yeah. And like, she also knew more than me because she had had a baby. Right. So, you know, I'd be like, I, he won't stop cry, whatever. She was yeah. just like a helpful friend too, yeah. you know? And you were open to it and you weren't totally like defensive. No, I was like, like you're better I, at this than I me. I can imagine that a lot of people would be scared that yeah. she would, I don't know, be better than them and... Yeah. Right. No, I wanted help. Did you, do you still have contact? Does she? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do. Like, it's really just life that we haven't seen each other mm-hmm. that much. But I would say for the first year, we saw her a lot. Mm-hmm. But even the spring, we were at the Dodgers game, me and Ford and like a few of his friends and their moms. And I must have posted a picture. And she was like, we're at the Dodger game too. Oh my God. <laughs> so she came over with her sister and niece and then, like, she got to meet Ford's friends and, like, their moms. That's and it was, cool. like, so cute. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. But she's lovely and someone I hope is always in my life. Well, now capacity. I have to ask you, does yeah. Ford know about her? He does. And how, when did you start telling him about that relationship? <sighs> she, I don't remember when we started talking about it, but we never didn't talk about it. Like, right. I think, actually, like, Paul was really great at, like, I don't know, when he would, like, tell him stories at night. Like, yeah. you were you were in Lily's tummy, and, yeah. you know. And um, he has a friend named Lily. And <laughs> so when he was little, when he was, like, two or three, like, I'd be like, Lily's coming over. And he's like, Lily, whose tummy's I was in? And we'd be like, no, the other. Or maybe it was right, that right. Lily, you know. <laughs> this was Lily's suggestion when she was pregnant. But Paul would read stories and record them. And then Lily would play them on Aww. her tummy. And so I think some of that, like, we tell Ford as, like, his story. So he knows he was in someone else's tummy, and it's not really it's not a big deal. Yeah. 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 And he loves her daughter. Her daughter's, like, a few years older he, Got it. than Ford. And, um, I mean, he, yeah. So it's just, like, part of his story, but it's not, like, weird or. I love it. Yeah. It's a good story. It's a good story. And it was a long story. And so I oh, just man. feel like everyone has like a journey and a story and it's going to happen for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something's going to. It's going to. Yeah. It's, but it just like takes everyone a long time. I guess this to- last week I've been thinking a lot about, there's just been a lot of doubt that I didn't have before, just that I would even ever be able to have a baby like physically right. become pregnant. And I think that's a big, a big, been a big driver for me because I've always wanted to experience pregnancy and childbirth and breastfeeding. And I actually didn't ask you about that. Did you feel okay about not being able to breastfeed? I feel the opposite. Yeah. I never felt like, first of all, I was never like, my goal in life is to be a mom. Like I was kind of, for a while, for years, I was like, you know what? I think I'll be okay being an aunt. Right. And then, you know, then this option came up and it, I'm yeah, don't you decided it at all. Yeah. But I don't feel less feminine because I didn't carry a baby. Yeah. I don't feel less nurturing because I didn't breastfeed. Yeah. To be honest, like the whole breastfeeding thing, it was such a communal, like another friend of mine, Margaret, was breastfeeding at the same time and she pumped and she gave Ford like a few bottles. I love it. And then Lily, obviously. And it was just like, great. I, I don't know what I'm entering, but I'll take whatever it is. And like, he's like, so happy and healthy yeah. and smart and yeah. you know but i think that's also the control thing too because it's like if i had written out a birth plan none of this would have been on it right, right. you know but i have a great kid out of it yeah. so it kind of doesn't 
you know? Yeah. Well, because of the, of the doubt that I've been thinking about realistically, like I've always fostering and adoption has always been in the back of my mind as something that, you know, of course I would love to do. Yeah. Even if I have my own kid, but this would, it's not, it was now becoming like realistically, who's going to want me to foster? Who's going to want me to adopt their child? Like, and I started getting yeah. down about that kind of thing. Cause I was like, that might not even be an option for me. I'm a single woman. I don't have a normal job. I'm like right. totally freelance. Right. I'm going to have to move in with my mother and see if she'll sign off, like co-sign with me. Right. Well, <laughs> Which, they'd be mom, stupid I mean, not to take you, but I get it. I know the system is so, yeah. Yeah. So I just started kind of freaking out about all that stuff. And, um, there was always like, I know I'm going to have a kid at the end of this eventually. But then right. there was like a time this week where I was like, I don't know if I'll ever, I actually don't know if that's even possible. Right. Um, but uh, that was just a, I was in a pity place. Totally. Uh, but that's know. like a normal thing to think about. It's like, it's hard to achieve in yeah. any way that yeah. you want to achieve it. So yeah. of course you're going to have doubt. And, yeah. and yeah. like for me, the... Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but then I, like I'd always envisioned two kids, right? Right. And so then we went back to do this again. And it, right. that was when the genetic testing and and we tried twice. We tried two retrievals and none of them grew out to the right time. And then... You didn't get any that were old enough for testing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like oh, I forget, that, like day five, maybe yeah, they tested. Yeah, blastocyst. They wouldn't grow out oh. to do it. So we tried it twice. And then Dr. Beck, and this is another thing that I respect her for, was like... We could do it again, and we could do it again. I just don't think that it's going to happen for you. And I totally respect that, and it was the hardest thing for me to hear. Yeah. And it's take. I still am not like resolved on that, but it's so it's always a journey. Yeah. Because you're having doubt. Like I had so many doubts. Like, well, maybe this isn't going to happen, or it, right. am I just going to have a spoiled kid? And right. I still <laughs> doubt my decision. But the farther I get away from it. Okay, I have one happy, healthy kid and just be grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. But it's always a... And I think with... I I mean, I call them concessions, but they're not really... It's not really... I keep conceding and saying, oh, okay. The first concession was I'll get a fucking sperm donor. Right, right. The next was, um, okay, I'll do IUIs. And the next concession was I'll do IVF. And it's just uh, with each step, I'm... The further along I get, I look back and think... That's such an easy decision to make. I wish I had just let go of that right. fear back then. But like, it's not what you thought was going to happen. Right. Like you grew and up thinking time, it was going to yes. be a certain way. And so when you alter that, it's, it's an so adjustment weird. every time, mm-hmm. a very hard adjustment. Mm-hmm. But I look back at them thinking, I just wish that I, I, that I could have let go of all of that stuff right. m- much more easily. It's hard. Yeah. And yeah. then you like, you know, you go on Facebook and someone's like, pregnant again. And you're oh, like, wow. oh, you know, it's hard. it's hard. It is hard. Really hard. <laughs> it's hard. And really I also hard. never thought I'd become that lady who sees <laughs> pregnancy <laughs> announcements or baby showers or like, you know, baby things. And, and it's just like, I, I don't want to look at this. Oh, I mean, I never I, thought I'd be that lady. I was like, could not. And it also you feel like. Literally everyone around you is pregnant and everyone is having babies and there's more strollers than you've ever seen in your life. And it's just, it is so disturbing Yeah, because it makes it, it's just like in your face. Like that's all you want. And it's really fucking hard, but you'll get there. I mean, I think I'll get there. I think I'll get there. there. Yeah. You'll get there. Or you'll alter your want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you'll get there. And if I do end up altering my want, 
down the road, I'll be like, of course. Right. <laughs> right. Easy. Right. Yeah. And so maybe I'll just keep that in mind if I have to change any of my expectations. Yeah. That like really the end goal is family. Right. Totally. And I'm, I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. I'll do whatever I can to get it. And no you, have an urban, you have an urban family no matter what. What does that mean? Like your friends. Oh, I, I've never. Is that a term? Yeah, I think no, it is. Your well, urban family. Because I, I thought about that for a long time. Like I have a great urban family. Like I have so many great friends. And like, is that enough? And I have a lot of friends without kids. I have a lot of friends with kids, but I have a lot of friends without kids. And like, is that enough? You know, I was talking the other day with a friend about like, are we going to buy a compound? So like when we get to be 80, like we can all just <laughs> move into that. Right? I mean, come on. And we can do shows at night. (laughs) (laughs) It's 11.29. I just saw the clock. Okay, 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 okay. Here I come, California Fertility Partners. Woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Carrie, thank you so much for coming on my podcast and sharing your story. Thank you. I'm sure you helped a lot of people. I hope so. I think so. You helped me. Okay, good. Love you. Thanks. Goodbye. So I ran out of the house and headed to Westwood to meet Dr. Chung at CFP, the same clinic where Carrie had had success, the same clinic where my eggs were stored, and let's not forget, Dr. Chung came highly recommended by J-Ron, and Dr. Kalen did his fellowship under her at USC and said she's wonderful. All wonderful signs. But how was I feeling at the time? I mean, I was still trying to figure out what my intuition was telling me because that's what Dr. Julie would ask. She would say, what does your intuition say? And I felt like my intuition was leaning toward transferring my embryo. But again, what's intuition and what's fear and circumstantial? I have no idea. My thought was this could be the baby I was always meant to have. But my other thought was I could save fifteen to $20,000 that I don't have. Luckily, I didn't have to make a decision at that time. My consultation with Dr. Chung was great. She was welcoming and warm, funny, thoughtful. She had reviewed all of my medical history, and she was prepared with questions. Our conversation was very, very thorough. I just really, really liked her. And it turns out she's already heard an episode of my podcast, and she was even open to being recorded. In fact, I'm about to play a snippet for you, but if you want to hear the whole consultation, you can find it on my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spermcast. All you have to do is subscribe at the $2 level or more, baby. Okay, so here she is describing three options for me in order of her preference, starting with IVF, using the eggs that are in my body right now, my 41-year-old eggs. The next option is using my 37-year-old eggs. And the last option, her least favorite option, is transferring my embryo. But basically, I think if you were to try again, realistically, we would probably, again, be able to get somewhere between four to six blastocysts, um, maybe more, but hopefully question mark you know better quality and hopefully better chance of having chromosomally normal but normally in your age group one in five blastocysts should come back normal right and if you've got one normal even just one that golden embryo that should give you about a 70 percent chance of having a baby from that embryo yeah okay so this would be kind of not what you came in here to talk about but i just wanted to go over it it. okay honestly it's i it's like yeah, I wish I had had this conversation as early as right after I got my uh, results back from oh, my from the abnormals. Yeah, because yeah. I know it's so devastating. I know. Here, here I come know. the emotions. Oh, <laughs> but I also, I just didn't. Uh, I just thought because I didn't have the, any normal yeah. ones, I was just uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting that, yeah. and then thought that that meant that I was fucked. Basically, no, you're not fucked. I mean, and the, so. 
you know, if you didn't have, other, you, first of all, you got options. So, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. if you didn't, even if you didn't have other options, I would say, I'm really hopeful that this would work for you. Yeah. Um, I think it requires some adjustments and, you know, um, but again, just by chance, there are, you know, about 40% of the women in your age group would go through that same, exact same process and end up with the same results as you mm. um, and have that same feeling of devastation and hopelessness. But if they try again, chances are they'll end up on the other side of that statistic next time. And I've so, seen that happen so many yeah. times. So yeah. I think that, you know, statistically this would probably give you the best chance of a pregnancy just because it'd be an embryo that's only gone through this process once and been frozen once only biopsied once okay Mm -hmm. um plus then you would get to save the frozen eggs for future okay yes exactly (laughs) so option number two and i'm just going to kind of go in the order well you have 16 eggs that were frozen um at age 37 okay so if we were to take the approach of um wanting to do genetic testing, okay, then we would probably want to unfreeze all of them. Right. Like literally put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and some of my patients are like, oh, I really don't want to unfreeze all of them. Can we just unfreeze part of them? And you can, but the problem is that we don't know anything about their quality, except we know you were 37 at the time. So chances are pretty decent that at age 37, at least one of these is a good one. Yeah. But we have no idea which one because they all look the same. So, um, you know, in order to optimize the chance that we'll have a chromosomally normal embryo, we would thaw all, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say we thaw all. I checked and we were using the same device that we're using now, which is this Japanese device, which results in very high survival of the oh, eggs. Oh, good. Okay, so that's like a 95% What's survival. What's that called? Koyama or something wow. like that. It's a K, it's a Japanese device, um, okay. and I can't pronounce it, but basically, like, we go through the trouble of getting it from Japan, which I think we're the only center in California that does that, and yeah. it's, um, I think it's worth it. So 95% survival if we unfreeze the 16 eggs and probably, let's say, 15 survive. Okay. Yeah, I was not expecting. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, traditionally, wow. like at USC, we were always saying 75% because, yeah. you know, we were using the same straw we use for embryos, which a lot yeah. of places do. But so 15 survive, okay? But now we combine them with sperm, and when we combine them with sperm, not every single egg wants to become an embryo, right. kind of like what happened in your last cycle, and it depends on their quality, depends on how well they did with the freezing and thawing process. But let's say it's usually about 80%, okay? So 80% fertilize, and so out of those 15, maybe we have... 13 embryos and remember when we say embryos initially we're talking about that zygote stage where it's just one cell you can't tell whether it's good or not and then you allow them to grow to the blastocyst progression to blast the one thing that i've noticed is that eggs that were frozen seem to have slightly lower ability to produce blastocysts compared to eggs that haven't been frozen Mm -hmm. okay because remember growing to the blastocyst stage requires a lot of energy these eggs have been frozen and unfrozen so may not have the same like oomph that they had before the freezing and so if we get somewhere between 30 to 50 percent that make it to the blastocyst stage Mm -hmm. then i think that's pretty good so 13 embryos 30 to 50 percent we're talking about somewhere between like four to six blastocysts wow okay from those 16 (laughs) eggs right so that's why i said you know if you're going to do the genetic testing you want to unfreeze all of them yeah but now we go back to this little graph four to six embryos from a 37 year old so you get to move over two steps um now slightly less than half should come back chromosomally normal so if we've got four to six blasts that should be two to three normals which would be awesome Um, That would make me very happy. Yeah. (laughs) So each normal from a frozen egg is not equivalent to each normal from a fresh egg. Okay. 
because remember I told you the golden embryo from a fresh egg is about a 70% chance uh -huh. from a frozen egg. Again, I think because of that extra step where you froze mm -hmm. them and thawed them, the energy may not be quite as strong. I would estimate about a 50 to 60% per wow. normal. But not bad. I mean, sure, sure, sure. not as good as the golden embryo, but still pretty darn good. I just had a patient who went through this, and she got two normals from her however many eggs and, and now not she's pregnant but I hope that it continues so that's basically you know it can totally work yeah. it's just probably slightly less statistically speaking than if we were to get a normal one from without having to freeze the egg first yeah. okay so that would be option number two once we have the normal one then you know we work on preparing your uterus and doing you know all the testing and then we go from there okay yeah Third option is this rebiopsied mosaic, which now that I'm thinking about is definitely my least favorite option. I don't know why I said it was like similar, but it's the rebiopsied embryo. So I, I think my reservations are, like I said, we just don't know which is more representative of right. the whole embryo. I mean, it kind of suggests that, oh, wow, if the second biopsy showed no abnormal cells, then maybe Which I that's just was not expecting to that. Like I, I thought maybe it would come back normal with like twenty nine percent. Yeah, and you put. But mm -hmm. I spoke when I spoke with the genetic counselor. She's like, no, there are none. And I was like, what? Yeah. Um, but which biopsy is more representative right. of entire embryo? I mean, and the, the other one, though, that all the cells came back abnormal, I mean, it just kind of makes you think, like, oh, my gosh, well, she this didn't is kind of scary. That oh, was okay. on the other one. But, but she said it was definitely in the aneuploid range. Yeah. Okay, got it. Normally, because we don't re-biopsy, you know, normally with low mosaics, we say, well, as long as you understand the risks and depending on which chromosomes are involved, we could just transfer it, right. not re-biopsy it. And probably if you just transfer a low mosaic without rebiopsying, what we're seeing is about a 50% implantation rate. Okay. okay. I know Dr. Kalen talked to the genetics people, and I also have this handy little chart that tells us like which embryo, uh, which chromosome. Right, 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 right. And nine is not a good one. Right. Um, because it's associated. So these are mosaic chromosomes involved. If it involves chromosome six, nine, or 15, um, increased risk of miscarriage, unoparental disomy, or possible viable aneuploidy, which right. is potentially a baby with an abnormality. So this is kind of in the, in the, of, in the range where we don't really like to transfer them. Whereas if, if it involved these ones, then we'd feel pretty much perfectly comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, you know, this is not something I would recommend, especially because you have other options that are much better. So this is, if we just transfer low mosaic 50% implantation, um, but also yours has now been re-biopsied Mm -hmm. and refrozen, and that's a lot for an embryo to go go through. Yeah. Okay, so with all of that, one, my biggest concern is whether it's going to be a healthy baby or not. Okay, so my biggest concern is an unhealthy baby. Um, but then my second concern is a lower implantation rate because of the revising, the refreezing, and all of that. So, you know, maybe estimate, and I don't think anyone really knows the percentage of what happens when you rebiopsy because that's not something that's done routinely, but maybe a 30% chance, 30 to 40% chance. Right. And that's just an estimate. Well, right as you can imagine, so I left that meeting feeling reassured that I would have a baby, but also having way more doubts about transferring my embryo. Luckily, I had the whole weekend to think about it, so I journaled every night and talked to everybody I could about it. I tried to whittle away at my thoughts and my fears to try to figure out what my intuition was telling me, and I think I've come to a decision. Unfortunately, I'm not going to tell you what that decision is until next week, unless you're a patron, in which case I'll tell you sometime in the next couple days. I know, it's sick. I'm a sicko. 
Anyway, Carrie Clifford, thank you for coming on my podcast and being my guest and talking about your experience and opening up the world to experiences like this so that other women can talk about them openly and have places to go and people to talk to. Thank you so much. Listeners, if you want to follow Carrie on social media, you can find her on Instagram at Carrie Cliff or on Twitter at Carrie Clifford. Dr. Chung, thank you so much for letting me record our conversation and for being open to being on the podcast. That's just, I, it's too cool. Also, I want to thank, I want to thank all of you. You're all my BFFs and I couldn't go through this without you. So thank you. Now, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and while you're at it, go join Patreon. Oh, yes, yeah, send me your questions. Send me and Amanda your questions. We'll answer anything you want to know on the podcast next weekend. Spermcast at gmail.com or 323-741-1818 or slide up into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter at Spermcast. I love ya. Bye-bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay to straight, black to white, tiny ass with an underbite, I just need sperm, sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 